Beal be heading to Philadelphia, teaming up with Joel Embiid and others? Well, some reports are stating that that could be a possibility. We'll tell you what that may look like, and is that the right move for the 76ers next, right here on Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. What's good, D? Oh, uh, nothing much, man. All is good. No complaints. No complaints about yourself. I can't complain, bro. Yeah. Well, we will be the only ones listening to each other complaining. So there's True. that. Yes. <laughs> well, everybody, welcome to Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Gibbons from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio, along with my co-host, as always, my partner in crime from the Inquire.com Sixers beat, beat writer, Keith Pompey. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember that Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube here on Locked, at Locked On 76ers. We'll get into... Uh, the latest with the game five tonight looks like a key member of the Miami Heat is coming back. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Embiid and Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. If Nikola Jokic, would it look, which it looks like, is going to win an NBA championship as soon as tonight, what does that look like for Joel Embiid in terms of the conversation goes? And we have to start with uh, a report out there, Keith, that while we've discussed this a couple of years ago when James Harden was traded to Philadelphia, looked like some reports were also out at the time that Bradley Beal was a potential candidate, also a friend of Joel Embiid's, that that was who his preferred uh, partner or tag team partner to team up with with the exit of Ben Simmons. That deal would have went down. Instead, he got James Harden. Nice run, 50-plus games, of course, second-round appearances. The two playoff runs for the Sixers since Harden has been here but early exits, uh, not to the liking of Sixer fans. The Beal piece in this offseason, new front office for Washington, Ted Leonsis, the owner, has given them the keys to rebuild the team if need be. In the last episode, we talked about Monte Morris as a small piece of the 76ers potentially looking to trade for him. Just a hypothetical on my part. And now we look to a much bigger piece, the franchise player for Bradley Beal. Uh, the report is that if uh, one man had his, you know, if he were, were a betting man in this case, he would bet that Bradley Beal lands in Philadelphia. Keith, Tobias Harris would most likely be a piece of that. Some other, I'm imagining some other parts would also have to be in there because of a rebuilding situation with Washington. Maybe we'll want some picks. Sixers would have to get creative with that. Well, if we're looking at this, Keith, I'm guessing that if that were to go down, James Harden would likely leave. If you had to choose between James Harden on two, three-year deal or Bradley Beal, four years, $200 million remaining, has missed a lot of time these last couple of seasons. What do you think is the best move for Philadelphia? Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a uh, a good question because the thing about it is, I, I I feel like in order for them to get 
Bradley Bill, like you're going to have to give up more than Tobias. I feel like that would have to be a Tobias and Maxi move. And 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 then or is it a Tobias and Melton move? I don't think Melton could get that done. I mean, I feel like when you're giving up a guy like Bradley Bill, you know, basically what they're doing is they want somebody that's going to be a superstar who has some star quality, right? You know, typically that's what it is. And like Tobias is in the final year of his contract. So you know, get cap relief on that. Yeah, you get cap relief on that. And the thing is, you gotta you gotta figure out wherever Tobias wants to go or wherever going. You know, they want to go to a spot that's going to basically see if they're going to re-up them and give them an extension. I don't know if Washington would do that, right? But as far as like Maxi, you know, he's a guy that is going to get a be up for an extension. You can look at him and see what he does and then decide if that's what you want to do, right? But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like on paper it sounds great. Right. But it's a lot of moving parts that I feel like that has to happen in order for it to make it work. You know, it, it does now. Again, I don't. And also, I don't know if Maxie and Bradley Bill are so common in what their games are that is having Bradley Bill around. Is that going to impede the growth of Maxie? So that's why you may have to move. You know what I mean? So. I don't know, dude. That's a tough one right then and there. But, again, he's younger than James. Um, He did have some injuries. And, like you said, his relationship with with, uh, Joel speaks volumes. Um, But that's a tough one right there, man. It really is. Yeah, so coming into – he's starting, you know, he's starting his um, uh, Supermax with the Washington Wizards. So, last season he made $43 million. At the age of 29, he'll be 30 uh, at some point during the 23-24 campaign. 30 years of age, 46.7 million, 31 for the following season, 50.2 million, Keith. 32, 25-26 year, 53.6 million dollars. And the player option on 26-27, the final year of this five-year deal, 57 million dollars for Bradley Beal. So while he's still young technically in terms of being 33 at the end of that deal, he's an 11-year vet because he came out of Florida as a young player um, and uh, as a sophomore, and he's been around a while. Now, again, he's missed a lot of games, a lot of games. Uh, I guess the, the one thing that I would ask, though, is when you look at a situation like this, and playing for a franchise like that. You never want to hear this about a player where they may play down a bit in terms of their level just because of they the situation wasn't good. Injuries, sometimes you would hear about his injuries. Like, is it, is it that bad that he needs to miss that time? So could he play through those things here on a contending team in Philadelphia? And to your point, how would that mesh with Tyrese Maxey if he didn't have to be involved in that deal? How would yeah. that backcourt look? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know, think either one of them's a like a real point guard, right? So right. I, I think that I think that would be the problem when Maxi might have to come off the bench. I mean, you know, or can Bradley can Bradley play the three or Maxi, you know, this and that. 
my my thing is though when you typically those injuries we talk about right those injuries for when your team is struggling and your team is this and that they're not quite the injuries you have when your team is in the playoff <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's kind of like guys like look man what's the point i got family time i want to do this i want to do that so i mean that's not a concern to me the concern is though he's a good player and he gets a lot of points but is he good enough to propel the 76ers out of the east that's the question like i don't think he's a franchise player he's not that good and he's being paid as such because of the situation that they were in he hit the jackpot. Now, he's an all-star level player, and he's been on all-star teams, and I think that is legit. He's an all-NBA level player uh, as well, but I just don't think he's that guy to win a championship. Can he be a second or third piece? Probably. He's probably that, but he has to be out there. And in this case, he missed 74 games over the last two seasons, Keith. And before that, so he was averaging the two years before. So the last two seasons, he's averaged 23 points both years. The two years prior, he was in contention for the scoring champion. If you remember, Embiid was in the running one of those years. Bradley Beal won the scoring title. He was averaging like 30 points a game. We know he can score. He went from a 30-point game score, 21, uh, to, you know, in two years to being a 23. And that has a lot to do with the team and those injuries, of course. But that's where you look at it and you're like, this guy can flat out just put the ball in the basket he can take some pressure off of Embiid. Um, when you're looking at Nick Nurse's offense, if you say, sure, you had Fred Van Vliet and you had Kyle Lowry that were point guards, but a lot of times, you know, they weren't high assist guys. So if Tyrese Massey can maybe give you about six a game, Bradley Beal maybe four or five a game, could that make up for that? Because Jack, Gary Trent Jr. wasn't an assist guy. You know what I'm saying? Could Could that make up for it a little bit? And that was that's where it would get interesting with some of the other pieces around Embiid, those two guys, if P.J. Tucker was still in the mix, because you're going to need some defense in that starting role and some athleticism. Yeah. yeah. And some height. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But how many times are you going to continue to change things like this? If Harden leaves, you kind of understand it because you're going to need another person next to Maxi. But again, how many times is the roster going to have to be reshuffled in, in order to find the right thing to eventually get to the NBA finals? So that part should be interesting. Not surprised to hear Bradley Beal's name at all. Keith, when we get back, man, we got to talk about Embiid and Jokic. Jokic on the verge of his first NBA championship potentially. And with that, the conversations are going to start with Joel Embiid. How fair are they when they talk about Embiid and Jokic in the same conversation, knowing that it's it's about to happen. Let's get into that next right here on Locked On 76ers. Before we talk about that, let's talk about prize picks, right? I like this because every day of the NBA playoffs and finals, one prize pick user will get a chance to become a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern time will be randomly selected each day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks, $1 million. Five correct picks, $80,000. Four correct picks, $16,000. Four details can be found at prizepicks.com backslash a million. 
you must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal and you could be the lucky winner, right? Tonight, though, I'm taking Nikola Jokic to score more than 26.5 points. I'm also taking Jokic to have more than 7.5 rebounds. And I want him to have, I mean, I'm taking him to have more than 6.5 assists. And in response to Jimmy Butler, I'm taking them to have less than 3.5 three-pointers made, right? So how does this work? What you do is for prize pick, you pick two to six players, and if they will go score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you and the projections available, right? Prize picks offers projection on any sport that you watch, so that's good. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Download the Prize Pick apps or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you the $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Do it today, people. Definitely do it today. Welcome back. Make thanks for making locked on 76 is your first listen every day. Uh every day is tomorrow on the show. Again, we'll continue our our off-season talk and uh, look ahead to uh, as we get closer to the NBA draft and free agency. And we'll dive into all that recap game number five in the NBA finals as well. Well, Keith, the NBA finals with Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets possibly on the verge of their first championship together. Michael Malone leading that group. Nikola Jokic, of course, as we know, most likely to be the finals MVP if that does in fact happen. Some other guys really stepping up, though. Uh, in that series. That said, the conversation is going to begin, Keith. We need to kind of get ready for it, where it's going to be an Embiid, Jokic thing. See, this is why Nikola Jokic is a better player than Joel Embiid. The MVP stuff is going to come back up from the regular season. All of that is just going to be, I understand already, it's going to be annoying, man, uh, to hear it. Because why not just simply give the guy the credit that he deserves for winning a championship? Just, you know, He's a two-time MVP probably a finals MVP, first-time NBA champion, and he's a different player than Joel Embiid. But this is what's going to happen, man. We know it. That's the conversation that's always happening when it comes to these two guys. He's going to have a leg up on Embiid with the championship because that's how you want to see it happen, get through, and sometimes you need some luck, but you take advantage of it. Keith, I'm fully expecting this to be one of these types of uh, discussions that's going to happen should this – take place and how fair is it you know i mean i you know people are going to talk about it but i i think it's kind of like it's not fair i mean is is we're talking about a regular season award comparable to a playoff award and yes nikola Jokic could have been the mvp of the regular season and be won it with a landslide um Jokic is going to be the finals MVP. He's the most dominant 
he had he's had one of the most dominant playoff performances ever. So, you know, you give him that, and now there are certain people saying, hey, he should have won the he should have won the regular season award. Well, I mean, that's your opinion, but the stuff that Embiid did, I felt like was phenomenal. Like averaging 33.1 points, his second scoring title. When we look at the 76ers, he carried them for most of the season. Now James Harden played well too, but he carried this team. Like, I mean, think about it. There was a game where he scored what 59 points. And if they would have scored, if you would have scored 58, they would have lost, right? You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's kind of like one of those things where I feel like we forget it. And, yes, we look at the playoffs and we saw how game seven, Joel Embiid went out there and, and struggled against the Boston Celtics. You know, he looked like a, a, a 7.22 guard who was missing shots. But, again, we're talking about the regular season. Like the Sixers wouldn't have been third in the East if it wasn't for Embiid playing the way he played. They just wouldn't, right? They just wouldn't. So, you know, I, I get it. People are going to talk about it. It makes for great sound bites, um, make great discussion, this and that. But you, the guy showed why he was the MVP of the regular season. He did it. He, he needs to step up his game. If you want to say he needs to step up his game in a postseason, I'll give you that. But at yeah, the same time, right. he, he played well in the regular season. And I'm I'm just not I'm I'm not going to take that from him. Yeah, I'm not taking it away from him either. Uh, the lasting impression is not good of the game six and the game seven, where he didn't come through for his team. So you know that, you know, a lot of people are going to be ticked off about how this thing played off and come right after Joel Embiid again. It's part of the game, though. It's part of the deal. It's how it's supposed to go down. Conversation jumping up when you don't perform in the big stage like that. And the guy that you're always compared to comes through and finally gets it done. And in the manner of which he's getting it done, where it seems like if you argued rosters and talked about coaches that at very least the two teams were very equal and some would argue that the 76ers were better. Now you, you have to come through. So the MVP stuff is the MVP stuff. That's a silly argument during the regular season. They were both worthy of the award, just like they were both worthy of the award the two previous years when Nikola Jokic won it. It's fine. Now though, uh, a lot more pressure is going to be put on Joel and B from Sixer fans and even more basketball fans around the globe because of what we're now witnessing from Nikola Jokic possibly taking that first one. All right, man, when we come back, we'll talk about before the game gets underway and trying to stop Nikola Jokic. Miami is trying to extend the series to a sixth game in Miami. They're going to get some reinforcement back. Former sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, said to be set to suit up for game five. How much of a difference will it make? We'll give our opinion next final segment right here. Locked on 76ers.
Welcome back. He's Keith Pompey. I'm Devon Givens. This is Locked On 76ers and a game five. Keith Tyler Hero looks like he's going to suit up for the first time since breaking his hand in the uh, earlier part of the playoffs. And they've been able to get through it without him. And I thought it would catch up to them much sooner than now in the NBA finals. But even with that said, are they going to get some help? What do you make of this move? I uh, find it very interesting that where they were talking about him playing in some of the other games, he never finally got through swelling, some uncomfortable, some uncomfortableness still in his hand after going through workouts and such, and they never pulled the trigger of having him actually suit up and getting ready to play. But for game five, I guess, Keith, all hands on deck, man. Yeah, it sounds like a team is like about to get loose, like and they and they want, like you said, all hands on deck. Like I, I don't know. No pun really, intended with the hands. Huh? No yeah, pun intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no <laughs> pun intended. Like you know, I, I guess you have nothing else to lose. But if it was like a two-two series or whatever, I just have to be a hundred percent sure as he's ready. You know what I mean to come back and play. I mean, I, again, I'm pretty sure he practiced. I had a couple of days off, but I, I you know, I, I just don't know, man. I just, you never know what's going to happen in, until the guy gets out there. But I guess they figure they have nothing else to lose. But initially when the news first broke, you know, you and I were, were chatting and talking about it. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this. You know, I mean, just because – you know, you start tinkering with minutes, you're doing this and that. And what happens if he comes out and he struggles and then you're done? Like, you know, he hasn't played in a while. But but again, like they're down 3-1. They're trying to extend this series and anything happened. But I don't know, man. It's like I, I'm just thinking right now it just, it just reeks of desperation. You know what I mean? But. They're down 3-0. I mean, excuse me, 3-1. So why wouldn't it, right? Why wouldn't it reach desperation? Well, the other part is this too, Keith, where you saw what happened with Gabe Vincent, Matt Struess, and uh, Caleb Martin, where they they were hitting at a very high clip from behind the three-point line. Now they can't make a shot. (laughs) So, you know, they're looking for somebody to be able to come in and just simply make a shot. And that's where that's where I think part of this comes into play. My opinion, I think part of it comes into play because of uh, that, too, where they, these guys, is, you know, they've gone cold. It's not like the Boston series where they've been making shots in the series before against New York and, of course, against Milwaukee. They can't make a shot. So now Eric Spolstra, the, you know, the medical staff is getting him clearance and Tyler Hero saying he can go. I think I think that's part of it. I, I really do. I think that's part of it. Uh, simply because of the fact that those guys have gone cold now in this NBA Finals. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Makes sense, but we'll see. We'll see. Won't make a difference, in my opinion. (laughs) Think it's over. Won't make a difference. Well, listen, man, it's always good to catch up. Thanks, everybody, uh, for hanging out with us here twice today. We appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow. We thank you for making Locked On 76ers. Your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll, again, continue with some off-season conversation about the Sixers. And, uh, again, recap game number five of the finals. Keith, do you mind letting the good folks know where they can find us? Yeah, um, you you can find us wherever you get this uh, podcast at. Um, it's free and available. 
but also go to the YouTube channel where it's um, um, you when you get the YouTube channel, click on the Liberty Bell and you become you become a, a, a new subscriber. Um, and also you can follow my man D on 97.5 FM from 6 to 10 p.m. Right. So um, you could do it that way. And then you can follow me on Twitter at uh, uh, Pompeii on Sixers. And um, you can you could also read my stuff on inquire.com. Keith, have a good day, man. Everybody, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.